Welcome. Honey, <laughs> <laughs> start your turn. What well, do you mean, my turn? You gotta say it with me. I know, but you didn't. Well, welcome, welcome to, to another, another episode, episode of Driving, Driving to, to the, the Rest with your favorite hosts, Inelia and Diary. Yeah. And today, Peavy. Peavy <laughs> making crunchy noises. Hi, puppy. Hi, puppy. What would you like to talk about today, honey? That's an interesting thing that you should ask. Because I was, um, I was sleeping this morning. You know, we did sleep at our fossil beach today. Yeah, we slept in. Yeah, because Lucy, our, um, guardian dog felt like she was on duty all night long. Mm -hmm. New territory, lots of, uh, animals had to come check her out. Mm -hmm. Say, who's this? Who is this? Well, she had to claim the space. She does that with her bark. And she barked. All night, until yeah. I switched the lights outside off, and then she went to sleep. Yeah, and when I, when I saw her this morning, she was so tired from uh, guarding all night long. I literally walked by her, and she didn't move a muscle. I actually thought she was dead. Oh, my God. I thought, oh, so my God, cool. the vet gave her, because we brought her to the vet, right? Yeah. Have her um, jaw teched out. It didn't seem like it was working right or opening all the way. And the vet couldn't find anything. But she did, of course, um, give her some form of... Elephant sedative. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's giant. So that she could man maneuver in the side of her giant mouth and not get bit. Mm-hmm. Well, she would. Yeah. So I uh, thought maybe she gave her too much and she died. <laughs> oh, my God. Because I've never walked by her and she not moved a muscle. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but then I saw her breathing. So I went off into the woods a little bit and I stood there for a second. And somehow or other she sensed I was there. She heard a crack of a crack of a something. Anyway, she all of a sudden woke up. And the first thing that she did when she woke up, she looked at her like, where, where the hell I? am I at? She's never <laughs> been here before. <laughs> What's going on? Who and who are you? Because uh, you were in the bushes. And I was in the bushes it. and she growled immediately. Yeah. And then I talked to her because I thought, oh man, she must be zinging or zonging or I don't know what's wrong with you. Good morning, Lucy. And then her tail started waggling, and she's like, oh, thank it's God, you. it's you. Yeah. Yeah, it's you. Know, yeah, I, I you know. were barking. Yeah, yeah all night. <laughs> That's not Lucy, yeah. by the way. No. <laughs> That's Peavy. <laughs> Lucy barks, then Peavy goes for it. Yeah. Oh, you would know the difference. The other one is big, scary barks. So the interesting bit about that, the oh. segue... That was her barping. Oh, my God. Did you really? <laughs> Next to the mic. <laughs> Gosh, that silly girl. Yeah. Little tiny dogs have interesting digestions. <laughs> so, anyways, she's thirsty now. Anyways, watching... <laughs> Just excuse me. <laughs> watching? Baby's trying to get herself comfortable, I guess. Anyways, uh, watching Lucy go from completely asleep, asleep and then waking up. And that state of confusion when they wake up and nothing's like it should be, nothing like it was, mm -hmm. kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, what you were listening to this morning. Some of the techniques that um, are used to keep the sleepy sleepy. Mm -hmm. So I thought maybe we'd talk about that. How to keep the sleepy sleepies. Well, we've talked about several times already, but I was listening to a podcast um by a guy, I can't remember his name, 
need to see that I, I thought he, uh, the link is with the Freedom Cells uh, Telegram group. They're doing a conference and he's one of the speakers. Oh, and he's a Derek historical. Huh? Derek Rose? No, that know. wasn't him, no. Oh. No. But they're doing a, a big event <clears throat> around the world. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, Peace and Revolution is the name of the podcast. Peace, Peace Revolution. Peace Revolution. Episode. Peace Revolution. Yeah. And um, liberty and economics, part one, philosophy. Yeah, but Peace, I, I don't think this is the no, no. This is not the one that I was listening to before. Oh. The one I was listening to before is actually his episode one or their episode one, the very first one they did in two thousand and nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, funnily enough, they're talking about all the right things. Yeah, it's really excellent. Of yeah. the bits and pieces that I was listening to. Yeah, education. And... Well, yeah, we all know at some level the education system is, you know, a place we send our kids in the hope that they have uh, an expansion of awareness. They learn some facts and some figures. They learn um, how to get along with their peers and have a good time with their sports and engage with each other and, you know, learn stuff. Mm-hmm. Kind of stuff that, sure, we, I mean, in our regular day with our kids, we probably wouldn't encounter. We didn't do very much calculus yesterday when we were cutting firewood. Mm-hmm. But we did get warm. Mm-hmm. But we don't, you know, we don't generally put aside time to, I guess, analyze higher mathematics. Mm-hmm. So we send them to school to access that and see, you know, maybe that bug bites them. At least for me. Okay. But it also comes with the, the unknown ingredients, like whatever they put in ice cream that you don't have to put on the label. Oh my God, yeah. Those dirty, dirty buggers. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not all ice cream. All of it. All not Noggin Hagen does. At Probably least not. here in the U.S. Yeah. They're not allowed to do that in Europe, but here in the U.S., so okay. in school they have the bell. The bell interrupts everything. No matter what you're doing, if the bell goes off, you're done. Mm-hmm. So you could be right in the middle of the most interesting thing. The bell goes off, you're it's done. It's over. It's over. So basically you learn you can... <clears throat> nothing's so important that a bell can't stop you from doing it or guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some kind of a training. Yeah. So people go to work and they work until five or whatever time mm-hmm. and they decide that that's when you work. Huh. And you have to work all the way up until that time when the bell goes off, basically. Well, actually, they didn't cover one little factoid. Mm, that right. after the bell goes off and they go home, they have to carry on working. They do have homework. Oh, you do have homework. So now that they brought in the remote work, people don't stop. They work all day, all day. Like you, honey. Yep. Well, I've been doing that for years because yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the work that I do. Which is different to this other type of work, right? But one of the things that I found interesting is that, you know, it's like people are aware of this and they have been talking about it since 2009, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, um, that for example, the, the school system is geared solely to create people who are, are told the answer to a question and then they are asked the question, they have to give that answer. And then they get a, a plus, A plus plus. Right? And 
the normacy of going into school, sitting down in your chair, being quiet, and learning all these rote answers to be able to answer them back when you're asked that question, that's normal. And some kids miss it. Right? When, when it was over for a while here because of the things that's been going on on the planet, and everybody was sent home, a lot of kids missed that. They missed the, the jail, you know? It was, it was, yeah. And for me, why did I send my kids to school? Well, it was free childcare while I worked. That was it. I always knew what it was doing. I always knew what it was about. And I did my best after they came home to deprogram what was happening, you know, give them some sort of independent thought decision-making capacity and one of the things here that um one of the things that they talked about in the podcast was and when the kids are being programmed and they rebel there's very few parents who will go in and defend their child right and I did defend my children whenever they did things that I felt were positive and the schools thought they were negative I would go in and defend them like daydreaming I was brought in, I think, by most of the kids, my kids, one or more times I was brought in because the kid was daydreaming and I would go in and say, well, they're part of a shamanic lineage. Daydreaming is part of their culture and they need to do it. So if you see him or her daydreaming, just let them be and other such things, you know. I remember with my youngest, the teacher brought me in because he was talking all the time. And I said, well, that's his strength. That's his superpower. Why don't you encourage him to become a public speaker? Oh, well, I don't know about that. He says, well, that's, I don't want you telling him off for speaking anymore, but he's disrupting the class. Well, why don't you focus it and veer it somewhere else, making a teacher's assistant? And they thought, oh, oh, yeah, that's, that's actually a good idea. <laughs> <clears throat> well, many of them are the product of the same thing that they're doing, you know? Absolutely, yeah. So and they don't so know different. No, they don't know any different, but also the commercialism and um advertising, they create consumers, you know, it's like yeah. It's pretty much has been known and it's that information has been out there for decades and decades and decades, you know. It's not like just two thousand and nine when this podcast was recorded. They learned it from somewhere too. They did research and they've known about it. Fluoride in water to make you dumb. How that was used in concentration camps by the Nazis to keep their uh, prisoners compliant and ha- sort of emotionless. emotionless. <laughs> and uh, well, I think one of the statements one of the statements was made it kind of clear. And you know, it's it's a little unfortunate. But do you think the government actually cares about your kids enough to put fluoride in the water to save their teeth? <laughs> No. They just pretend that they do. Right, right. And it's like that mass um, treatment, mass treatment of people, allegedly uh, medical treatment given to people without their consent or knowledge, it's um, pretty bad, you know? Like Prozac and all those other antidepressants are fluoride, you know? It's very known what it does. Yeah, And historically, what I learned many, many years ago, I, I think I might have, have learned it in school in England, so I went to a pretty good school. Even though I hardly ever went, I went about once a week to the classes that I liked. 
Um, God, that got them in a, in a bit of a tiff, you know. But anyways, one of the things that I learned was that the most popular drink in England for many, what was normal in England was coffee. Mm. And then the, then tea was introduced because tea's got a huge amount of fluoride in it. And now everybody knows that the English drink tea and not coffee. So that was really strange because when I went, when I first moved to England, I thought it was very odd, but people would have dozens of cups of tea a day. They've been drinking tea all day, one cup after another, you know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like something you sit down to have. It's literally you would have it all day. Um, and you'd often have like, the teapot and you'd refresh it, you know, you'd refresh your cup during the day. So, yeah, it was, and that's fluoride, right? So that was in, I don't know the dates, but that was implemented in the UK maybe a hundred, maybe two hundred years ago. I don't know when that change happened. Cause I can't, I can't remember the exact historical dates, but it was interesting to me. In other countries, they still use coffee and coffee doesn't have fluoride, I don't think, or as much, but maybe, I don't think it does actually have fluoride in it. But now people, I mean, it's like what's good for you and what isn't. A lot of people say coffee is really bad for you. Mm-hmm. That hasn't been my experience, but I drink very, very, very little coffee. Yeah, like two tablespoons. Tiny, tiny little bit of coffee. And a bit, in a, in a cup of hot water with two yes. tablespoons of coffee. It looks like coffee, sort of. If the cup's like not, it. It if the cup's not clear, like you can tell it's <laughs> a little too thin. Yeah. <laughs> and no truck driver gonna drink that. Nope. <clears throat> but yeah, so there's a lot of things that have been happening that has brought us to this moment in time space of con- absolute control. And um another point that they were saying is like making education um making education a law that is illegal not to educate your children and a certain types of education too. That's pretty, you know, authoritarian. That's a dictatorship. And it's not for the good of children either. It's not. Um, and then to send them to college and create huge debt for education that doesn't actually... I have never met anybody, actually, who used what they learned in university during work. I haven't. Hmm. <laughs> well, you do. Use communication skills? Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I expanded on it. I didn't... The stuff that I learned in university was like the the tip of the iceberg, you know. It's very little. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting more along more along the lines the... the I always thought, anyway, with college, it was the relationships you made that those were the people of the place and the um, tribe you basically built upon to build the things that you're going to make or do in the rest of your life, you know? Mm-hmm. And that uh, it was uh, also a place to explore things that you wouldn't have access to the equipment or the intellectual person or the library without... Oh, the library, yeah. Without going there, you know? Mm-hmm. You can't just walk into their library. And so, depending on the person, naturally, the person can take advantage of whatever resources are available. But, sure, it's like that... That's Stanford, you know. They say on the one hand, 
you have the mandatory vaccinations. And on the other hand, these um, face masks, we just did our study and they're useless. Mm. But you have to wear a face mask. So it's like they're so big, there's so many there that they say both things. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know how to uh, disentangle it, you know, but. Yeah, <sighs> it's like it's you have access it, to yeah. a great deal of stuff, but with it comes a it a comes at a price. <laughs> yeah, there's the price. And so if you're awake, awake and aware and alert enough to understand what's happening, then you at least have a somewhat of a chance to get around it. But at the same time, you are susceptible all the same. You know, like, like the, <clears throat> I didn't know, for example, that one of the main uses of surveys was to enlist herd mentality. Mm-hmm. So if 88% of the people are getting vaccinated and are fine, <laughs> then, uh, you know, the herd mentality is, yeah, you probably should. Look, most everybody's fine. Yeah. Sure, there's weird things that happen. Yeah. There's weird things that happen crossing the road. But mostly it never happens. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. So the survey is basically just to go, to, it's kind of like that, uh, what is that karate you learned? The one where you, when people are going one way, you keep them going that way and then use their Oh, I didn't use momentum. that one. Yeah, oh. I didn't use, I didn't learn that one. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying. Oh, like, absolutely, yes. And plus the survey is created in a certain way and the people who answer surveys are a particular type of person. And the questions are asked in a certain in a way, way that elicit a certain response. Exactly. Yeah. And anyways, they're not yeah. afraid to lie a little bit. And they, even if they do it illegally, the profit is so big that they don't care. They'll do illegal things all the time because the fines that they get are so tiny compared to the profit that it's totally worth it for them. Right. So, so on a normal person, when I say normie, you know what I mean? Normal person who's not really exposed to a lot of uh, nudges to wake up yet. Maybe, and they are part of, maybe part of their city, they're part of their town, they're part of their state, they Mm -hmm. identify even as their state and their country. Mm -hmm. They have very strong instilled values instilled in them in their years of of schooling that they believe in that, you know, it serves them well, they have a good life, Mm -hmm. and they enjoy their life. Uh Not saying that their life isn't any good, but you can see how they are um, steered, right? And that's one of the ways they use a, a survey. And the survey says most of these people do this, and you don't want to be, you know, outlier. You don't want to yeah. stand out. You'll get kicked out of the herd. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing is a subconscious natural reaction. So I think there's also things to create subservience that are put in the foods and the diets and uh, maybe even medicines. I don't know. Probably vaccinations, whatever. Mm-hmm. So you're more more leaning towards listening than um, leading mm. and probably that's part of the educational process too right yeah because a, a good a good um, herd I guess is managed they're not just left willy-nilly <laughs> right <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous but I think that that's probably how some of these people think of people right as like a herd that needs oh, managed. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Totally. And not in a negative way in their mind. This is what they need. If mm-hmm. we didn't tell them what to do, they would probably self, I don't know, self-destruct probably. Yeah, yeah. Have 
Have you ever seen them when you leave them alone? Right. They get up to all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that how it works? Yeah, pretty much. So we moved into a state of society managed. Was it always managed like this, or has the level of management changed? Do you know what I mean? I think it's moved into, um, like, psychological and emotional manipulation. Nudging it, that yeah, type thing. Yeah. So I would say that it kind of has always been that way. You know, I could imagine that, say, uh, a feudal lord or whatever's would have guns, uh, not guns, but like swords or whatever's. And if the peasants didn't do what he said, he would come in and chop their heads off of the the leader ones, right? Yeah, you probably don't have to do that very many times. No, you just get the strongest off, you know, kill the strongest and then the rest will... Jeez, you can do that to him. Yeah. I'm nothing compared to that. Guy. Right, so the rest will do what they're told. And so that's led by fear, which is an emotion. And these days, they're, they use fear a lot, obviously, but also other emotions, such as, like you said, wanting to be part of the pack, <clears throat> not wanting to be different, um, the fear of rejection, uh, the fear uh, or the desire, right, desire to belong, uh, desire to have gratification of some sort. So all those things are being used to manipulate the masses for sure. And um, the the stage has been set very, very nicely by, um, like, when you were mentioning somewhere in in Africa, you said that little, tiny little children, three-year-olds, were breaking stones to make into gravel so that they could sell it and go to school because they had to pay for school. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect setup because you're creating a value on being a slave um, and the person actually pays and works to become a slave and be educated to be a good slave. So, yeah, it was, it's, it's one of those interesting aspects of life. Yeah. yeah, well, in that village, you know, if you don't go to school, you don't learn to write or read, you are relegated to worse things than if you can read or write. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's part of might, the price I mean, of management. Right? <clears throat> make sure that without it, you're worse off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Especially well, you, are, value. you are literally worse off. Yeah, you are worse <laughs> off. And even the value aspect of it, you know, <clears throat> when there was value on being somebody who chops wood and carries it and sells it to the village or, or shares it for food, there was value in that. But nowadays there isn't because that person can't afford a, an iPhone or whatever, you know. Well, that person can't afford anything, really. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things that I've seen, and, and I've traveled quite quite a lot around the world. I have never been to Africa, but I've been to other continents and uh, countries. And uh, one of the things that really fascinated me was, even in the most poor areas, really, really poor areas, you'd have like a shack made out of cardboard that were people with whole family was living in, maybe two or three of them. And you look inside or you go inside and there's this giant television. Yeah. Right? Brand new, modern, giant television in there. And you go, wait, <laughs> they don't have floors? And they, they're they drinking out of yogurt plastic cups because they can't go enough for glass cups or glasses? 
But they had this giant television in here. Yeah, that's why they don't have glasses and stuff. They saved up their money for a TV. Probably. They're very, very yeah. diligent. Yeah. So from that perspective, it's, it's really hmm, interesting, the the value sense, you know, what is valuable. Um, and then when we step into the victim-aggressor cycle, you think, oh, my gosh, you know, these people, they're brought into or they're attracted to the cities they live in shanty towns because they only get work there. And in the city, they can't work in the countryside anymore. It's all dead or whatever. Um, and there's no sewage, so their poop and everything's run down in the street and nobody cares. And how can the government do this to them? But it isn't the government right? that's doing that to them. It's like the programming. Well, it kind of is the government. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is. It kind of is. But at the same time... But it's also the... Those individuals, not through that. right? Those individuals could very well just stand up and create a sewage system, but they don't. You know. Well, so could we. Yeah. But we don't. We don't want to. Yeah. So that's other the other aspect. Remember, we all we've mentioned it so many times how we've seen things that people in the eighteen hundreds used to do here in the United States. And the energy and the, the 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 life force and just the drive to create all these amazing things, like and ordinary people and, and everything else, right? They're ordinary people. Like dig a well. Yeah. Dig a well. The most basic thing. Do you know how many classes I had in school? How to dig a well? Zero. The many different ways that you can dig a well to get clean, clear water. Nothing, probably. Uh, none. Not anyone. Never. You had college. Did you have any in college? Nope. Did you no. have any anywhere? Nope. Because you open the tap and there's a water Whoa. full of fluoride. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> I got to say that when you start investigating how do you dig a well, apparently it's not as difficult as you might imagine. No, it's not difficult. No. As a matter of fact, you can do it in your backyard with some yep. hand tools. Mm-hmm. You can order a box online and it comes with all kinds Everything of plastic bits and bobs yeah. that you need to do a modern type of well mm-hmm. or you can just dig one yourself and uh, i don't know how you do well you have to make it wide you have to have a lot of energy to <laughs> and you know that's the other thing and there's uh the energy aspect. the amount of energy that those individuals have relative to the amount of input in for example food mm-hmm. they don't have like a plate there's no plate with the food on it mm-hmm. just a stick in the meat you know mm-hmm. there's not any vegetables or if there is there's one or two roots. Uh-huh. There's no ketchup, uh-huh. salt and pepper. So who is that these people were talking about? Well, I watched these fellas dig in giant, um, you know, um, underground palace in the clay. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And they, yeah. <laughs> and they wow. sleep on the little wood yeah. rack and they cook their dinner and it's just That's a varmint like... that they managed to snag and yeah. <laughs> cook her over the fire. And one has a leg and the other has the other leg. And yeah. then they spend all day working. Maybe off camera they're having a big lunch, buffet mm. style. I doubt it. But that anyways, like, I'm talking yeah. about like... How do they get that much energy yeah, from that tiny bit of food? Right. And also in the 1800s here, you know, it's like, it wasn't like they had that much. Right. Yeah. But they had energy. There's they so much energy. energy. In, the, in the macaws, what do we had? We had whale oil, which is a good source of, you know, fats and dried fish, which is hanging in the house on mm-hmm. the roof because mm-hmm. it's got the fire going all the time too and it keeps yep. the fish 
going. Smoked. But <laughs> smoked fish and seal oil and clams and stuff at low tide. But still, if you woke up in the morning tomorrow and you had to feed yourself by what you could gather, and that was everyday thing, mm -hmm. you wouldn't eat or much of the, like the stuff that you eat nowadays. No, you can't even you collect it. You can't even food. collect it. You can't even find it. And you couldn't create those, some of the recipes even. It would be a challenge. Unless you had a bunch of people collecting stuff and bringing it all to you. Right. <laughs> like the king or the queen or the whatever, right? Yeah. Your basic day was like, well, we're going to have potatoes again. <laughs> we got a big bag of them. Anybody, yeah. any ideas? Maybe we could go low tide, go get some clams, have clams and potatoes. Yeah. Or what, you know? Well, Maybe when go I think about that, or... I remember when I said, hey, let's go and get some clams and have that. We said something about red. Well, back tide then, they something. didn't have red tide. Nowadays, we do. Yeah. So you got to be aware of what's in the water because you might not be so good after you eat your clams. Yeah. So that's interesting, isn't it? The poisoning of their food. And the belief that the water, that was the privatization of water. You don't oh, can't yeah. drink the water out of the ground. It could be poisoned. Poisoned, yeah. Except that the tap water is way more poisonous. <laughs> And bottled water is also poisonous. It's a topsy-turvy. That's the yeah. thing, though, is that it's easy to get these little things slipped into your head and then you carry on like they're facts because mm -hmm. they were given to you and you were trained when someone with authority gives you a fact. Well, it's a fact. Yeah. It reminds me of the avocado industry as well. <clears throat> I grew up, when I was little, I lived in Chile and avocados were something you ate when they came out of, you know, they ripened. Uh, a seasonal food, but we used them a lot in a lot of food. Very popular. And then, um, the avocado industry just took off here in the United States. And, um, there's like the industry, like the industrial farming of avocados now. It's like a mafia run thing in lots and lots of countries. It's horrible. Terrible. Terrible. And you think, oh, great, I'm having my, uh, um, organic avocados, and if you looked at the history of it, you think, "Oh my God!" This and isn't is it good at all? No, and is it really good for you? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure anymore. Not sure anymore. That's the bit. That's the bit that comes is, and uh, I have to say, in my own schooling, I was definitely brainwashed plenty of ways, which way to the other, but one one teacher, as I think probably is often the case. There are the individual teachers that we place in our way to orchestrate our own awakening. His class, we only, it was called oceanography. We didn't do a lot of ocean stuff. We almost, almost exclusively worked on truthing the information that we received, including for the newspapers, mm. the magazines, the science articles, um, things that we assumed are facts or truths. Basically, we'd spend two hours maybe reading the current news and then truthing the things that we uh, were exposed to. Are this true? How will we find out if it's true? How will we um, refute it if it's not true? You know, teaching mm -hmm. how to think and a truth. One teacher, one class, one year <laughs> had more impact than probably, you know, all of the other ones in towards my being able to eventually claw my way awake a bit, you know? Yeah. And all those other ones that they're very darndest to keep me uh, happily asleep, which 
it's not a victim, it's an orchestration. Right, 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 yeah. We are all orchestrated to play our place and enjoy mm-hmm. our role, whatever role it was that we wanted to play. Yeah. And in some of those roles, you can't be awake to play those roles. You wouldn't do it. Correct. So here we are in a time where many people have decided this is when we switch from this thing, this game to this game, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a valuable skill to know that much of the data you get is intended to maneuver or manipulate you into one side or, or another, right? Yeah. Okay. And some of those things are really, really, really invisible to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we took a survey and 88% said that they're going to do this. You automatically think that that's probably a good idea because mm-hmm. you've been led in this society to believe Democrats. democracy is the best way, right? Right, right. And the majority rules, and whatever the majority says is the best for everybody, so we should. It's a definition of a hive mind, actually. Is it? I don't know anything about a hive mind. (laughs) But I do know that this system, it appears superior to others, and Um, in some senses it might be, (laughs) but it is also not better. It depends where you are. I remember when I first moved who, yeah. into to the United States, I was shocked at the level of oppression here. I was shocked. And I, I mean, I've lived in a lot of countries. And this, by far, was the most oppressed country I'd ever, le- ever lived in. Uh, it was insane. I even wrote an article about it. You can find it at ineliabenz.com. I was like, whoa, really? <laughs> <laughs> I really could not believe the level of oppression that existed here. It's just insane. Well, it's mostly self-imposed too, isn't yeah. it? Well, I don't know. yeah, it's totally. It's always. I mean, it's not like victim aggressor stuff. You know, it's like people who have done it to themselves. But I hadn't been somewhere, for example, that allowed people to put, like, uh, make. I I remember in in my brother used to love McDonald's milkshakes. Loved them. And um one day he went to McDonald's in Spain and he asked for a milkshake and they didn't have any. They didn't have it anymore. They said they're not going to sell it anymore. And he couldn't believe believe it. He kept asking for his milkshake and they just said, no, no, we don't sell that anymore. And he was like, a, like he couldn't get there, you know. <laughs> it was so impossible. Short and circuit. They said, what happened? And he says, well, one of the ingredients, the main ingredients is illegal in Europe now, so we can't sell it. We'll never sell it again. And he just, what? But that's still being sold here in the United States. So things like that, and at the same time that that nasty industrial, I think it's a glue or something, that's being put into what's called milkshake in the United States and sold as food, it's made legal because I don't know why they made it legal here or it's still legal. Um, at the same time, people are told that it's illegal for them to drink raw milk, right? Mm -hmm. So there's like a food dictatorship here going on that you cannot, in free will, do these things. And, yeah, I mean, we can because there are stores that sell it and everything. Yeah, I don't know if it's illegal actually anymore. Yeah, I think it is. Well, in a lot of states. In some places I think it is, yeah. In a lot of states there, it is illegal. And I think they, ha- I don't know. But anyways, that's just one example of the type of op- oppression that 
exists here. And I remember Daniela was studying uh, nutrition and she wanted to be, um, I mean, she's well-schooled in nutrition and food and everything. And um, we started looking at that. I remember having a conversation with her about how there's so much obesity in the United States. And I'm thinking, but how can that be? Why, why are people so obese here? And it's because the, their bodies are starving. They're because the stuff that they put in their mouths that they call food is not actually food. It's just filler. So it's like all the fast foods and all the processed foods and everything you get out of a can and all those things are actually processed foods, highly processed foods, and then um, items that are so processed they're not longer foods. In other words, you put it in your mouth and you chew it and you... You eat it, but it doesn't fulfill anything that your body needs. It doesn't have the vitamins, minerals, proteins, or enzymes, or anything that your body needs. So your body starves and wants more, thinking that's going to get it somehow. And that's why people overeat. And they can never get fulfilled or satisfied. Well, that makes sense. Dr. Cowan, we were listening to him yesterday, he said, he was uh, asked a question about reading labels. Uh-huh. It's like, what do you, how do you read labels? What do you look for? He said, well... If there's a label, don't eat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a simple it's answer. It's <laughs> really hard to go that all the way there. I mean, some people have. A lot of people that I know do do that. They don't eat things from a jar. Um, and I, I felt, well, everything's stated in the label, so just read the label and you'll be fine. To, to, you know, like if, if it doesn't have aspartame or colorants and stuff, then you should be okay. Mm-hmm. But then today we learned that somebody posted on the Telegram group, um, in our channel. Talk with me now, yeah. I think, was it Talk with me now or the Inelia Benz channel? I can't remember. One of the two. Yeah. I think it was the Inelia Benz channel that ice cream has ingredients in it that are not listed because there's a law in the United States that if everybody uses it, you don't have to list it. <laughs> and they linked the paper with the law um, thing that stated it. I was shocked. I'm like, what? That's new to me. You know, I thought at least if you read the labels and it doesn't have the poisonous stuff in it, right. you're not going to be eating it. But nope. <laughs> they can. Trick, if yeah. everybody's using it, you are able to. Oh, it's like, oh my gosh. That slide That's, that one in. Yep. It's like, whoa. Okay. So, somebody invented a truthing class. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we've got to use our truthing class on a lot more things. And than a lot uh, more things, yeah. But at the same time, you know, there's a certain level of uh, over overdoing it, right? I guess that's the right word, overdoing it. Like, at some point, it becomes the distraction to the what you're doing. You're o- you're overly worried with everything well, and all the bits and all the bobs. I don't think it's about worry. It's about just rearranging your life. And I think that, yeah, sometimes it can be feel overwhelming to know the level of rearrangement you have to do because it's so deep and it's so intense and it's so much of it. The rearrangement we'd have to do, for example, to create our own spaghetti sauce rather than buying it from the store. I always used to cook spaghetti sauce from scratch. I used to put all the ingredients in myself. Uh-huh. Um, 
But now we, you know, we found some that the labels look really good, only a few ingredients and everything, but now I'm worried. I'm thinking, what? What if there's hidden stuff in there that everybody puts in so they don't have to? Guess right? you can look it up. I don't know where you could look it up to see the actual ingredients. But, you know, it's like, it's like a decision and then a rearrangement or remanagement of your life. It's almost like, like... it's almost like when, when we started looking at spending time or living at the fossil beach that we talked about before in Mm -hmm. in our podcast. And somebody says, how do we feel about being off grid? And it's like, what do you mean? We are off grid. It's period, period. There's no grid there. Yeah. Now, how do you bring services in, right? Now, what do you do? Now, what do how you can we do? Get the grid? Yeah, and to me, I'm, a little bit I of grid would be could, nice. Thank you. I think to me, we can figure out water because people have been digging wells for thousands of years, and they're not complicated. There's ways in which we can treat and um, make sure the water's safe, um, and also, so that that's not a big big concern here and where we live i mean if you're living in the desert maybe it would be a big concern but here not so much um electricity yeah there's a lot of systems that exist that we can purchase that will provide us with electricity including the most basic gas generator and going from there to solar or wind or water all sorts of ways in which you can create electricity Including human power, right? With those mm-hmm. uh, machines like bikes that you create your own electricity with. So that's not a big to do. But to me, because I work online, um, and my reach and my communication and my, the way that I deliver my message is online. To me, having internet is a big issue and there's no way to get it here. I mean, you can get very basic cell phone service from across the water in Canada. There's one of their cell phone services that reaches here, but none of the other infrastructure is here. So that's a rearrangement of a lifestyle. If we were to live here full time, that would literally mean that you have to rearrange your lifestyle, your work and everything else around it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of effort. So I think that that brings in that feeling of overwhelm of so much you can do or worry or whatever words you want to use because it's the level of rearranging of your lifestyle that it would involve yeah i was i i was tending to mean like as it as it is now you spend about half an hour thinking about spaghetti sauce when you're cooking it and you gathered your ingredients and if you were going to have to make it from scratch including going to grow your own tomatoes so that you know nobody else puts something in it etc 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 and then waiting for them to get red and then picking them and then boiling and peeling them and then whatever ever ever you know we're going to be talking about a week to two weeks worth of effort for that spaghetti sauce and that's going to be a lot of attention right <laughs> that could have been used other ways but we're going to use it for ma- making a spaghetti which other ways would you use that time well obviously on facebook <laughs> Except for I don't go to Facebook anymore. (laughs) Too busy making tomatoes for spaghetti. (laughs) No. You understand what I'm saying? 
Exactly, the rearrangement of you your have lifestyle. To rearrange everything just to get spaghetti that you know nobody put nothing in. Mm-hmm. Or, as uh, we listened the other day with um, Joel Salatin, remember him? No. He's the farmer boy with uh, happy pigs and happy cows. Oh, happy yes, 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 yes. Right. So basically, his his process, well, both of them actually, they, they gave up... Um, in some ways, when they would introduce or meet somebody and they would want to gauge their level of awareness about um, some of the things that are important to them, Sal- Joel Salatin in specifics with uh, farming techniques and things like that, where you have uh, mixed herds on pasture and happy animals, having a fulfilling and happy life, eating the foods that they're, you know, basically built to be ingesting mm-hmm. in a ecosystem an environment that takes everything into consideration so if you decide should i get this tractor for example or not one of the bases about whether or not you get the tractor is how good is this for the earthworms mm-hmm. is this going to affect them negatively how good is this for the cows and the horses <laughs> not is this going to till 7.2 per hour or 7.1 per hour mm-hmm. i mean that's certainly on the list but it's uh, not the only consideration you also have the consideration of the animals and the things that support the animals and the things that, you know, all of the bits and the bobs. Mm-hmm. You look at it a bit, I call that an expanded awareness, right? Mm-hmm. So Dr. Cowan, when he meets a farmer, for example, he says, well, do you know Joel Salatin? And if they say no, he knows where they are. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know him, well, <laughs> well, it's the same with foods and fats. Um, and the Weston Price Foundation, yeah. Sally Fallon, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. same kind of a thing if you know the person then i know who i know that i know how you think right so right. with joel it's like you want to know who's producing your food yeah and if you know them and uh have a relationship with them you know they're not going to be sneaking weird stuff in there <laughs> because you know in the case of him if they're harvesting chickens or whatever you can watch the process you can see the process what's going on how it is there's no secret things not on the label there's no label (laughs) right right yeah so instead of having to grow your own tomatoes you just need to have a relationship with the people who are providing your food Mm -hmm. and uh that reminded me of something that happened in the 80s um my mom was still alive and there was, I think it was in the, yeah, it must have been in the 80s, maybe early 90s. In the world, there was this something called an avian flu. And they killed billions of chickens all around the world, especially like backyard ch- chickens. People would get raided and their chickens will be euthanized, killed in front of them or taken away. And at the time, we were watching the news and my mom said, oh, that's so evil. I said, yeah, look at all those poor little chickens. And she said, no, 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 it's not that. She said, there's no avian flu. This is about oppression. I said, what do you mean? She says, well, chicken is one of the cheapest meat and protein with the eggs that people can create and grow by themselves. You can do it in a backyard. You can do it anywhere. You can have chickens and have your own meat and have your own eggs to feed your family. Now, billions of Small families and small farmers around the world depend on these chickens to live. But billions and like billions of families around the world have their own backyard chickens that they can give their families meat and eggs from. 
And now they're killing them. Why? Because they want to make all these billions of people dependent on the large industries, you know, make them dependent on McDonald's and other people like that. And I was like, whoa, I never saw it that way. I never even thought about that. Who would ever think they would use a epidemic or a pandemic or a type thing to control masses, masses. of population? <laughs> well, my mom thought of it in the 80s. What can I tell you? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are today. And here we are today. So tell me about, about cooking. Tell me about the new channel, YouTube channel. Well, we did record one, but we have had the worst time trying to upload it, huh? <laughs> yeah, there might be personal resistances involved. Oh, yeah, there are? There might oh, okay. be. Yeah, mm-hmm. like things like, I don't really want to have a video of me until I get a haircut. <laughs> so um, you, hair you should see our up. first video. Yes. <laughs> My yeah. hair is literally sticking up literally all over the place. Up, yeah. Yeah. And I uh, was hoping to have conversations and uh, have you, like, be, like, not so much the co-host, but the other person there. Not you know a I mean? co-host. Not co-host. really co-host, because, you know, I need all the light. Oh, yes, of course. I got yes, to be yes, the star. Yes. But, you know, someone there who's, like, could uh, bounce things off of and talk about things with. Uh-huh. I thought we did that. <laughs> but you were off camera because you were holding it. Yeah. Oh, you want me in front of the camera? Yeah, because you're oh, pretty face. Oh, dang. I'm trying to sell your pretty face, honey. Oh, man. So that didn't work out so good. So you, you got my hair. Out, man. You uh, yeah. to pick me out. So we got my hair sticking up all over the place <laughs> and a halibut. <laughs> well, and we will be uploading it. Yes, we will be hands. uploading it. It's our first one, you know. Maybe somebody can. Well, just bear with us. I think we have Amiibo. Cut, We're going to try your hair. hook Amiibo up. <laughs> Get a haircut. I do think that one of our tribe members <coughs> it starts with an that. L. 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 It's literally Maybe what she, she can, does. Yes. Maybe mm-hmm. she can remember her scissors one of these years. Yeah. Fred's hair is getting too long too. <laughs> <laughs> so the resistances are there, and in spite of the things, we still recorded. Yes. We still edited. Yes. We still uploaded. Yes. No, we didn't get well, to upload it. Failed. The upload failed three oh times. Oh my gosh. We've been everywhere for that. Yes. We have to go to the res. Would that be the most funniest thing? To go to the we res. We have to go to the res to get good internet. I know. It's ridiculous. The Shamashak's internet has been failing miserably lately. Uh-huh. The Verizon... Wi-Fi. Cell phone service. <laughs> terrible. And here at the Fossil Beach, we have There's one none. dot of LTE from TELUS, which is Canada. Canada. And they're, you know, a bit stingy with their LTE. They only want it for their national people. Mm-hmm. If you're Canadian, then you can have it. If you're not, well, <laughs> we'll give it to you in little doses. So, kind of like it goes. You cannot it goes, upload it goes. a YouTube video. You look, that. you could, like, it'll go, you it'll maybe... go, it'll go, and then it goes nothing. They like and shut maybe... it off, literally yeah. no signal whatsoever, and then you got about a five minute lag. You might be able to no download signal, and an email. Then they give you a dot again in a little while. You might be able to download an email. I don't you think you can get a text. Can... Once in a while, yeah. you can get a uh, telegram mm-hmm. from Talkers Even Now. You can see them, but you can't see the pictures. Uh-huh. So, you know, kind of weak here. Mm-hmm. And then in town, when we took Lucy to the vet. We nearly had her uploaded and then it failed. Too. Yeah, it failed in downtown. Mm-hmm. 
the only um, internet that I think works is our uh, our satellite thingy. Which one? Starlink. Oh yeah, but only sometimes. Only when there's a satellite around. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds like there are circumstances in the way, but it's resistances. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to process some resistance. Yes, please, so that everybody can so see your sticky up hair. Sticking up hair. <laughs> and it's fine because so when we'll we get say better, processing your we resistances, can... what does that even mean? Yeah, huh? it's to the 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 push no right the 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 push that says no, and um, so yeah, when we have those, we can sabotage ourselves and stop ourselves. One of the things to remember is that. Eventually, like in a few months, that was going to be your first video. Nobody's going to watch it. So just put it out there and then the next one is going to be better. And the one after that even better because we learn by doing. So let's just get it done. Yeah, well, that's that's why I said, even though I was zero interested in doing a video at the time. <laughs> zero. Wow. That was resistances, personal resistances. It was you know? less than zero. You, didn't, I, you wanted not to do it. It was literally the opposite of the opposite. let's do it. How yeah. about let's not do it? Exactly. How about we do it another day? And then you snack around. And, then I and, <laughs> and didn't I said, you tell me when you're going to cook this halibut. Yeah, he did not. I did not. He arrived with a plate full of cooked halibut. Yes, I did. Uh-huh. So now we have to pick, catch another halibut to be able to yes, but cook it. In my defense... When I got cornered, I did it. <laughs> and I did that. Because I snuck, I walked into the kitchen and you were cutting the fish already. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? Wait. I was just prepping it, honey. You, you were supposed to film the prepping from the beginning. Well, it actually worked better. It was staged properly and perfectly because I cut from fresh on the other side. Well, only because I walked into the kitchen that moment. Well, there has to be more than just co-hosting here. You're gonna have to have like Jeez. help, help, like you help everybody that's listening move through some things. Oftentimes, it's uncomfortable to move those through those things. I understand. I have this same feeling. It's a little bit uncomfortable, and you help very, very much. Thank you, honey. Oh, you're welcome. So, anyways, when you snuck it and surprised me with the camera, so I had to do it. <laughs> I did it. Yes, I went along with it. In spite of my hair was sticking up, uh -huh. I could feel it. It's uh -huh. like, hair's up, ah, who cares? Yeah. I, I was wearing my Captain t-shirt, so yes. everybody had to listen to me from mm -hmm. that moment on. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And it was fine. The video, you know, when I when we were recording it, I thought, oh, this is useless. I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. There's no, the ego there's to nothing cover, here. Huh? There's nothing here to see or talk about. The ego what are we cover, doing? Huh? Cutting up a fish. I know I'm not even good at cutting a fish. I can cut cover. a fish, but only because I did it five times. The ego took over, huh? Uh -huh. <laughs> and so at the end of the filming of it, I was like, well, that was pretty much a waste of time. I think we should do it different and do it over. Remember we had that mm -hmm. talk? Yeah, and I said, just listen to it. Just watch it just a few minutes. And then he said, oh, actually, we can use it. Yeah, and I watched it. And it, it was okay. It was okay. Because if I hadn't ever... I mean, if I had been, here's a fish, now what do you do with it? Yeah. Which a lot of people actually are because they're detached from the source of their food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If they're plop that thing there, I'd be like, now no what do way. I do? <laughs> I've seen that you eat these and I love it, but I don't know how to get the part that you eat out of here. Right, right. Right. Yeah. So 
That had a lot of value. It did. Because all fish are basically built similarly. Mm -hmm. Flat ones are built like that, and then the not flat ones are built a little different, but you got the idea. Yeah. You get the meat off and leave the bones. Mm -hmm. I probably should show the easier way. You just quick, cut it, smack, quick, smack, smack. Just cut it right through. Oh. But that's hard to do. Okay. Anyway, yeah, we watched it, and it was okay. I thought it had nice information, in it, and the conversation was interesting. I mean, it wasn't uh, next level. I mean, I think it can go better. I think it can go further. I think we can go places with it. Oh, yeah. I think we can improve on it. We might even clean the kitchen before we take a video next time. Yes. All of the details, attention Uh to the little details. We have a camera. I have a camera that allows more than one person in the view, the (laughs) Amiibo thing. Doesn't need somebody to hold it. Right. Okay. So, yeah, we're we're going to work on that. Just like... All of us. We have and, a million things going on, and this is uh-huh. something that I think would be really good to do, but at the same time, there are resistances. Yes. So, so what I was trying the... to say before okay. you say that, when you have resistances to things, what do you do? This is a question for you. If I don't have a resistance to something? No. Process resistance. Resistance, you're welcome here. Resistance, you're welcome here? Yeah. Where is resistance in my exactly. body? Exactly. Yeah. You find it in your body. Where is it? Okay. Okay. Good. I'm resisting this. Wait, wait, wait. I'm trying to. Try All right. To All right. You're going to do the process online? I want to do the process online <laughs> so people can understand. Okay. Because not only do I have it. You still have it. I still have it, obviously, because <laughs> we don't have internet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So walk, walk us through the process. Okay. So scan your physical body, energy body fields for, I don't want to do videos. Okay. You I, did, it? I did. I do. Yeah, I see something, and I sense something, and it's in my right thigh. Okay. Right about here, and it's yellowish, like sunshine yellow. Okay. And oblong. Okay, so oblong yellow, oblong yellow something. Thing. You're welcome here. Okay, it's getting bigger even. Mm-hmm. Allow it to now grow. It covers both of my legs. Right. Good. And it's all. Well, now it's kind of like I'm a body, and it's bigger than all of my body. All right. It's growing quite big. Now it's covering, well, the whole state. Oh, nice. How could it be that big? Let's let's see how big it can get. We've got North America, Mm -hmm. Alaska. You know, North America and Alaska are included in each other, right? Yes. But it's kind of like a global thing now. It's just a yellow haze over the entire planet. Leaking into space now. What happened? Well, it covered the entire um, solar system and kind of blinked out. Oh, good job. Excellent stuff. All right, now fill up that space that it left behind in your leg and the solar system with joy, light, love, source energy. You can imagine it like a, a... a shoot of light going in there, or you can just state the words. I imagine it as purple sparklies. Okay, sparkle, bar- sparklies. Yeah. Perfect. Well done. Okay. <laughs> Feels different. Yeah. That's nice. That's good. So that's how you do it. Yeah. All right. I don't know what to say. I would I like to say. feel lighter and relieved. That's nice. 
I would like to say, if you want to f- find uh, this video that we're talking about and the future videos, mm-hmm. you can do a search on YouTube uh, on Cooking at the Res, and you will get the one of the first results will be the channel. There's no videos in it, but we do have over 500 subscribers already. And um, subscribe to it and put the bell thing on so that when we do upload the video, the first video, you're going to get notified and you can come and watch it and tell us all about it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to leave comments open? Yeah, why not? All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> all trolls will be deleted <laughs> and banned. <laughs> deleted and banned. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Lucy will come bite them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had a Lucy app. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How are you feeling? Um, let me take off the things in my hand that I had in my head that I wanted to talk about. Well, I wanted to leave, you know, the school and the control mechanisms and all of the things that are, you know, basically done in the name of orchestrating about power over other society. Mm-hmm. Um, acknowledging that there are those who are in it, but not in it. Like, yes. You can be in a society that has power over others, orchestrations going on all the time, and not be subscribing to that power over others. Right. You can go to school, and you can keep your eyes open, and understand that you're possibly, probably going to be impacted negatively a little bit, but be aware that that's happening, and be um, street smart, or suspicious, mm-hmm. yes. and aware that many of the things are designed with an ulterior motive and you're here for the thing that you're here for it exists in a large part for another thing the individuals in it some of them subscribe to that and some of them do not you are one of those who do not there are others there who do not Mm -hmm. gather with those or at least keep your eyes open stay street smart get what you need and get out right right you're not powerless on this machine, basically, the only thing you have to do is take your and claim your awareness. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's it. Yep. That's the thing that they don't want you to have, because when you become aware, they can't control you so well. Correct, <laughs> yes. So, wow. Uh, yeah, that's good. And another little bit that I wanted to add to the conversation about... The tomato, you having to grow your tomatoes and how long it's going to take for you to do all of that. Just for spaghetti. Able, just for spaghetti. And I forgot It's probably to grow going basil. to be about 20 minutes. Do you know why? Well, I got to grow basil too. You forgot that. Yeah, but do you know why it's only about 20 minutes? Because Hopi will do it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because we have a tribe and we, we have, have a tribe. person we don't in the have tribe. To do everything ourselves. Yeah. Hopi. We have a person in the tribe who loves to grow things, and we have another person, probably get another person who loves to can, so they can do all the hey, tomato we can make our own spaghetti sauce. There you go. With no cooking to the red spaghetti sauce. Cooking at the red spaghetti sauce with no label. No label. Just that's the name. Our, that's our label. It's going to be no label. No label. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Love you, honey. Love you, darling. <laughs>